Marketing Made Easy, the podcast on this episode. I'm never going to go out and buy costumes, 20 quid for book day each time. That's ridiculous. Go and see what you've got in your wardrobe and put something on and see what you can do. I was like, my son, go and put your sister's dress on and be the boy in the dress. <laughs> no, mum. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin here. How are you, Anita? I'm really good, thank you, Anna. How are you? I'm great, thank you very much. Oh, so, oh deep. I'm really have good, you? thank you, Anna. How thank are you? you. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to me. <laughs> no, do you know what? Actually, I've had one of those days where things aren't going right for me. I'm trying to do... I'm just trying to change a date on a webinar and it won't do it. And I'm about ready to throw the laptop across the room. Um, and yeah, I feel a bit frazzled today, I'll be honest. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot going on for us right now. But today we also did have a bit of, it's like time out really, isn't it? When we, we, when we have really. podcast this. Because there's nothing hard about doing the pod, you know, interviewing no. for people. That's the fun bit. That's the fun part of what we do. It's chatting, is, isn't it? Which is what yeah. we're good at. Just meeting interesting people, yeah. <laughs> getting to know them, sometimes picking their brains, sometimes thinking yeah we're on the right path and um, so today we had the lovely Lisa Fox um, who is a confidence coach who mostly she specializes in um, uh, mom helping with mom guilt so if you've got if you're a mom got kids you'll know what we mean when if you try to go if you go back to work you feel like is that the right thing and you feel guilty if you stay at home you feel you're feeling guilty but both ways so it was all about that and it was really really insightful so i'll let you listen to it and uh, hopefully you'll get some tips on how to step into yourself and uh, get out your own way and whatnot so let's get into this if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe i am a confidence coach um and the people that i help are working mothers the way i kind of talk about it is that i'm i'm giving a permission slip to working mothers to kick ass in work and also be a good mother because apparently we need that. You talk a lot about yeah. the mum guilt, don't you? Which oh, people, God, yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, because you, you want to have it all, don't you? Want, I mean, we, oh, I don't know, it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because you want to have a successful business, but then obviously yeah. you want to be a good mum as well. And so, and sometimes you feel, you you kind of get yourself in a space where you feel guilty whether you're working because you're not with the kids and then when you're the kids because you're not working. So you have the guilt yeah. on, on both sides, don't you? My issue with this is that... Women feel it. But like, aren't men equal parents? I'm sure it never enters his head for a second that he should be in another place. He's like, I'm just going to my job because this is like part of my role in my family. So I, when I start, so I became a mother like three and a half years ago. And it, it was only after I became a mother that I actually even heard of this concept of mom guilt. And it was my sister who told me about it because I was like, I kind of feel weird. I'm like, because I started, I went back to work uh, three weeks after I had my first child. And uh, I was working part time. I wasn't working like I had four classes per week. I was teaching kids at the time. And um, it was a no brainer for me because I I just didn't really want to stop. And I was self-employed, so I couldn't I felt like I couldn't really stop. But um, I, I said to my sister, I'm feeling this weird thing where when I'm in work I feel like I, I, I should be at home but when I'm at home I feel like I'm not concentrating concentrating enough on the other things that I have to do for work and she's like yeah that's mom guilt and I was like what do you mean that's mom guilt because it, we all feel it like it's this thing that like 
all working mothers feel especially but mothers generally and I was like oh no 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 (laughs) I do not subscribe to that and it's not that when I decided I wasn't or I was unsubscribing it's not that that feeling that I don't ever feel it of course I do but I've sort of made this conscious decision to be mindful about when it does creep in that I just ask myself actually what's the truth here is it a thought that I'm thinking like not every thought that we think is the truth so like you know when those thoughts come in I should be doing something else I ask myself well really should I be doing something else and usually the answer is no my kids are both fine they're both doing their thing you know I chose to be a working mother so I'm not going to spend my time doubting that every single step of the way for me personally I um you know grew grew up where my dad went to work and my mum did a couple of little part-time sort of cleaning jobs with him but she was always at home and things um and I actually quite like the fact that I'm doing something that's different to just looking after the kids and and what I I know it's everybody's equal choice no judgment blah 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 but for me I think my children can then see oh there's you know, and they get involved in um, our kids. Like they, they, they mm-hmm. like to hear about their their older. You know, well, not older, but one mine's uh, my son's eight and my daughter's fourteen, and they like yeah. to know like when we're doing challenges or you know if if we've got a launch on the go. My my my, my son was really like, has anyone else bought the program? <laughs> you know, like he was really interested in it as it went along. And I think you've got to kind of hold on to to that side of it as well. Not it's not all bad. It's not it's not that you're completely ignoring them 24 7 you're you're getting out there and you're doing something worthwhile I think it probably is harder for people that because we work all work for ourselves we set our own agendas we do our own things so Mm -hmm. say if the one of the kids had sports day tomorrow we would go to that sports day because we are in charge of our own life I think it's a bit different when you are um, a mom and you work in corporate because I I um, used to be in recruitment and but luckily I always worked part time since having my, my children because I just said, oh, well, I'm not going to come back full time in, in that capacity. Yeah. And then I had to kind of make it work. Although I worked part time, I definitely worked probably more than the full time staff that were there in terms of like, you know, effort that was put in and what was done and the billing was higher than others. But actually, in terms of time there, it was part time. But those ones that need and have to go to a job that they hate that would yes. be pretty, pretty tough because they need to get that money in. And then because they're not even feeling fulfilled within their I think Anna that that is the key to it what you just said there about it's not about whether it's a corporate job or a full-time job or 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 an employed job or or a self-employed job really what matters is whether you actually like your job or not and uh, because I think it's an easier place to get to you know to to have that sort of uh, decision that you're going to have the mindset of I'm not going to feel guilty about this, um, you know, if you if you actually like your job. Whereas if you're going somewhere where, like I, I was talking to a, a woman the other day who was working in banking and she absolutely hated it with a passion. And when her kids came along, it, it, she hated it even more. And um, she became a, a stay-at-home mom and she loves that. If that's what you love doing, that's the key. That's, that's what it's all about. The other thing that, um really I think we have to remember and it touches on what you were talking about there Anna like we are role models for our kids first and foremost we can't really teach them by telling them we can't Mm -hmm. teach them by saying I want you to have everything 
you want in life. I want you to be really, really happy. And I want you to go after your dreams. If we're not doing that for ourselves on some level, you know, because because we don't learn. We don't learn by words. We learn by watching. And whether we like it or not, we really are the biggest role model that our kids will have. Like my mother, um, when she she was went through phases of being stay at home. She she always worked here and there. But when she was, I think she was 50, in her 50s anyway, maybe 55, she decided she was going to um, retrain and she became, um, she did like a computer course and a secretarial course. And she became the secretary of the primary school in our town at home. And even though at that stage I was in my 20s, that had a profound effect on me and how I viewed what was possible for me in my life. And and just to see her making that decision. And she didn't like I, I also have a, a sister who's who's she's only she's in her 20s now. So I, there's 18 years between us. So she made that decision when my little sister was very, very young. Um, and probably because my little sister was very young, she had much more consciousness about the kind of mother that she now wanted to be because she was fed up of being the mother that she thought she was supposed to be for so many years. And then when my little sister came up, came along accidentally, she was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't just live for everybody can't else. Another, I can't put on my life on hold for another however exactly. many years. <laughs> yeah. And she was as much she was as good a mother to her as she ever was to us it it made zero difference it just the only difference was that then she stepped into herself a little bit more and inspired us all do you mm. know so like it, it's just it's just about making that decision to do what you want to do with yourself one of the major problems is though it's not even that we put this guilt on ourselves which we undoubtedly do but society puts it on us in a practical way so Anna and I were talking about this the other day and if there's ever you know if your children forget something at school or they're ill or they need something the first call is always the mother isn't it um can you come into the school can you bring me this can you do that and it's kind of we're we're the default care and we're expected to be the care and expected to be able to drop everything and um you know when you've got children at school um schools kind of will say like Anna said you know well it's sports day sports day they kind of plan a bit better but they'll often say there's this show going on and it's three days away and just suddenly they don't they don't think that you've probably got a life and you need to you know schedule things and what have you and they just kind of go you're the mum you need to be there for the child and you feel guilty if you're not um because you're being said well can you bring this in can you come and pick your child up they're ill they don't ring the dad do they it's not that they never ever think to ring the dad but it's the second it's like he's second on the list the mother is always first on the list um and i think you're absolutely right it's coming at us not just internally. There's all sorts of cultural and societal things going on that's putting that pressure on us. And I actually have this theory, and I'm sure I, I didn't, I'm not the only person to come to this theory, but like most of us women are perfectionists in one way or the other, right? And I think it's because from when we were tiny, there's this expectation that we be good girls and that when we are you know in a classroom that we put up our hand before we speak the same is not often asked of voice and I say this with a little bit of shame because I used to teach and and still do teach um performing arts to children right and um I say I used to because I do it online now because of the pandemic but um so I noticed myself one day, and I'm so glad that I noticed this because it it proved my theory even more. I noticed that 
I was expecting the girls to be good. I was expecting better behavior from the girls. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, because, because the girls have been um, brought up and been programmed to be good, we expect them to be good. And then when the boys are, are being boys in inverted commas, when they're going, you know, have their boy energy, we're like, oh, they're just, that's what boys are like. When they te- speak out of turn, we kind of go, you throw your eyes up to heaven, but you sort of accept it more. And when I realized yeah. that I was actually also guilty of that, I was like, no, no, that's not happening anymore in my class. And it's it's not that I didn't expect the girls to be good anymore, but I, I balanced it out a little bit more and expected, you know, children to be children rather than boys to be boys. And girls could be part of that as well. But when we're brought up like that and when we're told like I really do believe that we're told that if we're good, if we're diligent, if we work really hard, if we're a good girl, then we will be successful. And then we get to like, you know, we leave school, we we leave college and, you know, we've worked really hard and we've been really diligent and we're not getting the highest paying jobs and we're confused as fuck. We're going, what the hell happened? And we, we sort of internalize that. Yeah. if there's something wrong with me, right? I I I must be missing something because I did everything that I was to, supposed to do and I still didn't get the best job or didn't get the best pay or, or whatever. And then I think then when we become mothers, we bring this perfectionism further into motherhood and this confusion where we're like, okay, now I have to be the best at my job in order to progress in my job and I have to be the best mother because that's what because everybody else is being the best mother and and the school is ringing me to to remind Mm. me of all this stuff that I've forgotten about or whatever and And if you're getting help if you've got a cleaner or a child mind or whatever then you're obviously failing because you need that help my friend said to me like without a cleaner in a garden oh you're lazy yeah I'm lazy I'm busy like I've got bad things to be doing yeah whatever Whatever about your friend saying that to you, do you ever find yourself saying it? Like, you know, when you're it, just in conversation, like I, I often kick myself after certain conversations with certain people where I'm like, if you, you know, you say I've got the childminder and I've got the, like we have an au pair and we have a cleaner as well. And, you know, I've, I've heard myself saying on occasion, yeah, it's just cause I'm lazy. And then I go, hang on a minute, don't do that to yourself. Mm. And so the more I, I've caught myself in moments of like that, like and also like that moment where I was teaching, I'm like, no, this is exactly the behavior that we need to change. We can only start with ourselves and we can only, you know, I think, you know, when you make those kinds of decisions and you say, no, I'm no longer saying shit like that about myself. Your energy sort of changes and people say less shit like that to you then you know like so I found now that that now that I've made the decision that I don't call myself lazy because I have a cleaner I call myself a busy working mom who wants to enjoy her children therefore I'm a cleaner people don't say stuff like that to me anymore they don't and hopefully your children will grow up seeing that and saying well that's okay because it's funny I've got um, a girl and a boy and they're quite stereotypical they're just like my daughter has always been a little homemaker. She's always wanted to put an apron on and serve us food and, you know, all of that. Whereas I remember a horrific moment in the car when my son, he's about four or five, and he wears glasses and he took his glasses off, saw they were dirty, passed them back to his sister and went, will you clean those for me? And she just took them and went, and I went, hang on a minute, 
what's happening? Online <laughs> classes. And I felt really mean because she was happy to do it. He wanted to do it. And I just interfered. And then they both turned to me and went, you're mean, mummy. I went, no, clean your own classes. My daughter is like more, she's got more boy energy, I'd say. And she yeah. does play quick with the boys. And, stuff. and maybe actually, she's, you know, at the moment, <laughs> like uh, the school always calling me about something. Calling me, let me add, not. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times, I, I might actually say next time the call, sorry I was a boy would you be calling me about this or would you have let that thing go I'm going to ask that I think it's because they have a high expectation expectation of it because she's bright and they can see masses of potential so I think that's why because she has said before what other people do worse things I said yes but maybe they can see in you that you you can do so much better and you're letting yourself down really that that's where it's coming from but yeah it is odd isn't it like how you yourself treat them slightly differently like I know I have higher expectations of my daughter who's 14 than I do of my eight-year-old son definitely I've just always had like not higher expectations that's probably not the right way I just I don't know like I've just it is slightly different how I treat them is it is it partly Anna that you also we're so conditioned and we know that it was so much harder for us to ha to get the success that we've gotten than it was for like for our male counterparts that you're kind of setting her up for okay if you're going to succeed you need to be the best you know and it's kind yeah, of goes but, back to what well. what i'm saying about like you know my ethos and the reason i became a confidence coach for women and especially for mothers is because I know now that what I was told and what the way that I was brought up with the best of intentions, a lot of it was lies. Like, actually, I don't need to be the best to be successful. I don't need to. There, there's not only room for one woman. You know, there's not like that's another thing uh, Denise Duffy Thomas talks about is vagina smurf. You know, it's this idea that there's a scarcity for women hmm. and that we you know that there's only one seat at the table or there's only one part in the film for the women so we're all like pitted against each other and think that we have to be the absolute best but what I now have chosen to believe and you know that I've I've uh, now that I've chosen to believe it I can see that it's far truer is that confidence is way more important than competence hmm. when it comes to succeeding yeah. Do you know, well, like, in, yeah, in my um, recruitment days, actually, like I, you know, I, there was, I, I know that there was nobody, no man that would do the same job as me that got paid more than me. I know that because I like, mm -hmm. but then I had to be this kind of ball of energy and it's really, and often I used to get like tagged, like, oh, you're aggressive and, and things like that. The way that I behaved was, was a lot of male energy probably um you know that if i was a guy they wouldn't have even highlighted it but because i was for a man it's assertive isn't it yeah it's assertive but for a woman yeah. it's like why are you getting yeah. you know why are you aggressive why you know why oh she's ambitious like it was a bad thing um but you know you kind of had to be like that in the environment that i was in at that time to, to get where i needed to be but it yeah. was always seen as like a negative is there any part of you that when you were being the way that you knew you had to be in order to do what you had to do was there a part of you that felt like you were being aggressive? No, well, sometimes, yeah, to be honest with you. Because of where I came from, for me, like everything that I, that I wanted to get and want, where I wanted to get to, I always felt like I needed to yeah. fight to, to get to wherever I needed to get to. So, so I would do, literally I would do. So obviously I've worked on myself for many years and now I'm a lot calmer, I do theta healing, yeah. there's loads of go, going on now. So I always used to think, 
only I can make this happen. Like uh, I never yeah. really like, and and because recruitment is very dog eat dog as well. Only one person's going to get that job. Only one person's going to get mm -hmm. that for it. So it was like so. Not only did you have like your you know against all the other recruitment consultants like other businesses you were against the people that were in your day-to-day -day, you know your peers as well because everybody's after that same thing everybody wants to get that candidate place so you get the you know the money for it yeah so yeah it's kind of like um the way yeah stepped into the way that you think that you have to be because I was like well I'm not you know I'm not they think oh you're a woman but like so and they never no one ever treated me like you know I, to be fair I used to drink as much as the guys as well I yeah. knew just as much about football and so I almost was like a guy but just yeah. in a female's body anyway that was kind of my yeah. in a way my personality I often think that it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the cleaner thing when you like decide something about yourself and you step into that you put off a different energy right so if like if you were saying to yourself when you were you know doing what you had to do to get to where you wanted to go you had this thought about yourself that you were being aggressive so that allowed other people to actually reflect that back to you right whereas I like I, I find that when you choose a different thought about yourself and go I'm being really assertive and I'm being really energetic and I'm a go-getter people then see that energy from you and it's like people can really actually just read your thoughts about yourself yeah, yeah. I don't think people would dare to say to you you're being really aggressive if actually the energy you're putting off is I'm being really assertive here. do you know what I mean yeah no one um, said it to me for years when I uh worked in marketing for a corporate company and managed our advertising agency and um they're always being really shit so I was always on at them to do this that and the other and what have you um and one of them the mark the um account director actually turned around to me once and said god I'd hate to be married to you and I thought how rude is that you know and I just said look I'm paid to do a job and I do my job I don't necessarily go home and treat my husband like this you know I'm not paid to be a wife yeah, so I will get my job done. And if that means having to be on your back, then that's what I'll do. I thought you'd never have said that to a man as well. And it was really like, get back in your place, little woman. And you just, I wasn't having any of it. Yeah. The sexist comments that I used to get and this, the banter and stuff, I actually used to thrive off it because I used to go, yeah, but I'm doing better than you, aren't I? You know, like when they'd say, like, get in the kitchen, no, not get in the kitchen or do this. Or, and I never, like, when I worked with the guys, I never made the tea ever like I just literally <laughs> when it was an old thing guys it was like I just just didn't do it I was like I'd make I'd get I'd do the first one in the morning because but I, sometimes only I'd be there so I'd make it for everyone else but only I'm here and then like I yeah. just wouldn't do it because I'd just be like no I'm just being professionally selfish here I'm just cracking on with the work so yeah. but yeah I, but that energy and those kind of little um ways little quirks that I tried to do in my head, I used to think, yeah, yeah, just watch me. And it was like fuel for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but I, you wouldn't have, they wouldn't get, how they were then, they would not get away with it now at all. Definitely no. Thank God. Hmm. But it's, it's, it's that, that's exactly it. It's, it's just a series of decisions that hmm. we make about ourselves. And really, like, that's what boundaries are, I suppose. But we, like women, I think we kind of struggle with those boundaries so much more because because there's so much more expected of us but it just it all starts from the inside and like that when you make a decision about yourself you know people will test you on it when you're not too sure about your decision about yourself and then when your energy is clear and you're like no that's just not something that I'm available for it's it's like magic it's funny um uh, I, I was working with somebody uh, recently and she she was making so she's 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 trying to um, make a lot more money in her business this year. And she can, right? 
Um, but she was feeling like her employees were not supporting her. So I was really helping her work through this. And, you know, she said to me after after a session, I think that I feel like we've been bugged. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you know, we had that conversation about like, you know, this conversation I needed to have with one of my employees who wasn't stepping up and who who I felt wasn't really, uh, she was kind of disrespecting her, right? Um, she walked into work the next day and she said, listen, we need to have a conversation. And her employee said, yeah, I have actually been thinking the same thing. And her employee basically started talking about how she felt, you know, things needed to change and that she had dropped the ball a bit. And she was like, it was like she had heard our conversation. And I was like, yeah, your energy changed. She could just see that that now there was a boundary that could not be crossed because you made a decision about yourself. People read that, whether they realize it or not, they read it, you know? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And just to bring it back to being a role model, because we all grew up um, yeah. with our mothers doing the majority of the housework and the cooking mm-hmm. and the cleaning and, and what have you. And that's kind of, that's why you think the way you think. And if you say, right, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be like that. We can be equal in our house. And, um, you know, I, I gave up cleaning a long time ago. So I just don't see why I should be the one to do it. Uh, then, you know, our children will grow up not seeing that. And then mm-hmm. slowly the world's going to change, isn't it? For the better. That's it. That's it. And that's so much more powerful than ranting and raving about <laughs> my husband's uh, mother has she's Scottish and she like it's, it's, he always makes fun of her like she used to always say I'm no skivvy <laughs> <laughs> and, but and, and I'm not saying that she was a skivvy but she did everything but her uh, the main thing she said was I'm not your skivvy and it's like well you can't teach by telling people. You just yeah, have to. You've got to take the action, yeah, because otherwise if you if you complain about it but then you pick the socks up or you complain about it and then you go and do the thing, then it's not, yeah. it's, it's not working. I do think, though, like the um, – say the perfectionist about the mums from down the school or whatever thinking you need to be a certain way. I think mm. the pandemic and the homeschooling has kind of helped with that because we used to have this – well, we still do have this WhatsApp group with all the mums in with my son's school from the class that he's in. And before the home, we all had to homeschool like it's a, um, they, it was always full of like, everyone was pretty perfect in terms of like, oh, what are you going to, um, what's the child going to wear for book day or, or I've got this costume for this, but, and it was all that kind of thing. And then obviously when we was all trying to homeschool, it was like that changed from being the worst WhatsApp group that I was in because I was just, I was in it because I forget when red nose day is and stuff like that. Yeah. So I needed to be in it for that. Um, but yeah. then what? during the time when we were all locked down it was the great it was the best whatsapp group because then all of a sudden it was like everybody was helping each other and everyone was all of a sudden you realize that oh that person's not so perfect or that person's not actually and each how we know each other is our children our daughters went to the same school when they were in like the four plus um obviously years ago but we, we didn't really we lived on the same street as well but i wouldn't even say we were friends we just kind of knew each other because our kids were in the same class and i used to always think about anita like oh she's one of them ones that's because it like I'd be the one that's like crap I forgot like I'd go and buy cakes from Marks and Spencer's <laughs> on the cake you know when you're baking and yeah. whatnot um yeah. and whereas Anita always seemed to have the kids were always ready and polished and left in time and whatnot but obviously now yeah. I know her it's not the case 
completely I oh, know I am the one that always forgot about and then, like you know toga day I gave them a fitted sheet each and they were so embarrassed they just put them in a carrier bag and refused that's character building I think you know I'm never going to go out and buy costumes 20 quid for book day each time that's ridiculous go and see what you've got in your wardrobe and put something on and see what you can do I was like my son go and put your sister's dress on and be the boy in the dress <laughs> no mum but they're very self-sufficient now so yeah appearances aren't everything but I think to be fair to, to dads and to men, they probably, you know, there's a lot of them out there would like to take, you know, more of a part in the children and all of that. But they're stuck in their own stereotype of you go out the door and not have anything to do. Like our WhatsApp group is all mums. There's not one man in there. We had a WhatsApp group um, for my son's play school um, last year. And like that, my husband was working part time in in a pub. Right. And and wasn't like he was the one that dropped him off and picked him up and and all that stuff. And I was really busy at the time. And uh, like they they still insisted on putting me into the WhatsApp group. And I just said, like, I I actually just went. I went in one morning to the playgroup with with Louie and I said, I'm on your WhatsApp group, but it makes zero sense. Please take me off. And I put my husband on it and they were like, Okay, because like, then you're not having a man in it, and you know you were saying like you you think you're the the mom that like forgets everything. I totally own that as well that I forget to do things, and I for you know like yesterday morning I forgot um, Louis' lunch when when I brought him down to Montessori, and I just dropped off. I go, oh, I forgot your lunch, and the teacher was like, it's okay, Lisa, don't worry, and I was like, I'm not worried. I'll just go back and get it, and get, yeah. get the old pair to drop it in in a minute. Relax. And she was being lovely about it. But I was like, there's an assumption that I would have thought I was lots the worst people, in the world. Yeah, like, yeah lots of people would think that they must be an awful mum then because they're not prioritised and thought about yeah. that first. Your personality is your personality. No matter. And I think also, like, you know, no matter what you've got on, like, I would be like that whether I ha- I was running an empire or whether I was sitting at home, whether whether I was a stay-at-home mom or not like it yeah. wouldn't make any difference I'd still forget the lunch sometimes and I, I have a neighbor who like you know our kids are in the same class and we always walk down together and at the door she'll always be like you know at the, the door of the school she's like Lisa don't forget to take Louis's helmet and you know because they go down on scooters and I, did, did you give him his lunch and because she knows that I always forget mm. and I'm like Thanks a million. And some moms <laughs> love to play that role, don't they, of doing that? Like, there's some moms in the WhatsApp group, guys, don't forget it's school uh, photo day tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And look, we Thank need you. those mothers. We do need them. Yeah. So, how do people work with you then? What do you, is it like a one to one thing or? It's just one to one. But like, so I just started this business in, um, in February and I kind of I had been teaching um performing arts and then the pandemic happened and then like I kept going online but obviously my business kind of dwindled a lot but to be honest with you I've been wanting to do this work for like I don't know a few years now and I've been wanting to work online so um yeah so I just like in February I was like right I'm just doing it now I'm just actually getting out of my own way and I'm going to start and start before I'm ready but awesome. I've always, I've always, the intention has always been to have a group program. And that's what I'm working towards. And like within three months now, I, I'm all, I, I'm kind of at that point where I'm overwhelmed because I'm doing so much one-to-one work. And you know yourself, when you do one-to-one work, it's brilliant. And everybody wants to do one-to-one work. And people think like, you know, I'll get that individual attention and it'll be the best thing ever for me. But actually, I know from being in group programs that, 
you get so much more powerful results and you get that connection with other people who are going through exactly the same thing. And for me as the business owner, it's such an easier way to work as well, because you're not just repeating yourself all the time on a daily basis. You can teach on mass and then like tell, you know, like uh, the way I want to work is to keep a one-to-one element because I do like giving people that like one-to-one attention and sort of, I don't know, just tuning into them. And I suppose I really get a kick out of that connection that with, with people, but there's the, there's the elements of it that I'm just teaching over and over again. And I'm like, okay, I want to teach that to a group. And then I want to hone in on the individual and help them with whatever it is that's holding them back personally. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's the way I'm going at the moment. And hopefully my group program will be opening up in June. Group programs are great, aren't they? Because you all grow together. You're on the journey together. You learn so much as well when somebody else asks a question that you wouldn't have ever thought about. And then you realize, actually, I needed to know that too. I just didn't know I needed to know. You didn't know. know. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know, do you? So, and then you don't know what you don't know. By seeing other people just like you move that bit forward, and you think, well, if they're doing it, I can do it. And it gives you confidence. It shows what's possible as well. Like, we're so caught up, I think, in, and I think this is like, this is always my very first step with anybody is I ask, what do you want? Like, what's your desire? Because I think that's the very first step in confidence building. And it's the very first step in law of attraction as well. It's like, what is your desire? Because if you can't be clear about your desire or what you want, or you can't actually allow yourself to want what you want. So many women are like, oh, I, you know, instead of saying what they want, they ask themselves what's probable, you know, like what, what could I have? And they go from there. But it's like, if you actually start from what's possible mm. uh, or, or, uh, and you can see what's possible, like what we were saying about being in a group program, when you see what's possible with somebody else, suddenly your mind expands and you go, oh, I can actually want a bigger thing than that because mm. maybe it's if it's possible for her, it's also possible for me. And the thing about it is if you really desire it, if you you know acknowledge what you desire if you allow what you desire and you value what you desire you're on the first very very powerful step to actually getting it because if you start off by saying i i'd settle for this Mm -hmm. then you're going to get what you settle for you know whereas if you kind of go what i really want is this then you're once you get into a place of you know finding the self-worth and finding the belief that you can have it then then it all just opens up in front of you one step at a time. But it's if you don't get that first step of like allowing yourself to want it in the first place, then how can it be possible? Thoughts become things, one of my favourite sayings, and I'm saying it to the kids all the time. I don't think they really fully understand it yet, but I'm trying to drum it into them. When you get into the habit of choosing what your truth is and cho- choosing what your thought beliefs are just thoughts that we think over and over and over again. But if we haven't chosen those thoughts carefully, your beliefs, can lead you down a garden path that is not very pretty and doesn't have very many beautiful flowers around it. Whereas if you like just go back to the very beginning and go, right, okay, what are the thoughts that I'm thinking? What are the things that are rolling around in my mind anyway? And how do I get there? And go, right, well, that's the truth, but, but that's not actually the truth. Or I think that would be a better thought to think. 
and those and you reinforce those all the time and those become your beliefs then you go down a different garden path that has beautiful flowers what you choose then appears in front of you rather than you just kind of floating along going oh poor me or like oh wasn't I lucky that happened no you get to choose it all we all control our conscious thoughts don't we it's the unconscious thoughts they're the they're the things you need to take note of and start little bastard. (laughs) (laughs) you know how do you believe in yourself when you don't believe in yourself yeah that like it's 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 it seems like an almost impossible thing but actually no it's really really simple all you really have to do is like figure out what are the thoughts that are going around your head that you're not acknowledging all the time because those are the sticky little bastards. Those like negative uh, beliefs, those like negative limiting beliefs are what are really holding you back. And all you need to do to find out what your negative limiting beliefs are and their subconscious is to ask yourself, why am I not allowed? Why am I not allowed to make this amount of money? Why am I not allowed to have that? And usually with the subconscious ones, it's what pops into your head first is the answer. It's the subconscious one, no matter how ridiculous it is. And actually, the more ridiculous it sounds to you, probably the stronger a subconscious belief it is. Um, Or so it's the first thought that pops into your head or the thoughts that come in later when you're not thinking about it at all. So, for example, one of my um, subconscious negative limiting beliefs was that I couldn't succeed because I have curly hair, right? <laughs> now, that... I was me, actually just sitting there thinking, God, look how flat my hair is and how, like, great hers oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd kill for your hair. Well, like, the, the, the thing is, right, so I, I didn't realise that this was something that was holding me back. I didn't realise that this was making me feel unworthy of the success that I actually wanted until I started doing this exercise of myself where I was like, okay, what's the first thing that pops into my head when I say like, why am I not allowed to have it? Um, and I knew that it was either the first thing or something that when I wasn't thinking of it. And I, on a day that I had practiced this process with myself, I walked past the mirror and I just caught myself thinking, I wish that like I could have a blowout that lasted for a month or two because I would never go to the hairdresser every week. It just is not in me to do that. So it's like, you know, if I could just kind of get it done once and it would last me for a long time, then I'd look really professional on video. And then I was like, oh, oh. And I was like, that is one of those sticky little bastards. Because if I had consciously like written that down as one of my, you know, limiting beliefs, I would have thought, no, 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 that's too ridiculous. Everybody knows that's a stupid thing. Like, that, like obviously having curly hair does not mean that you can't be successful so I would have thought that I was sort of above that belief but actually when I realized that it was a belief that was subconsciously holding me back I was able to like just take it out of the back of my head bring it around to the front look at it go oh you're a a ridiculous belief that I really do have uh, but you're not true and therefore I'm going to just put you down here and I'm going to walk away and when I did that I like honestly that was like I I really do think that that was one of the biggest um limiting beliefs that I had that I didn't even realize was holding me back and when I put that down and walked away and I had to practice it a couple of times because like it crept back up on me a couple of times and I realized I was thinking it again and but I just kind of consciously got into the habit of going ah no take it out of the back of the head bring it around to the front ah there you are again hello old friend I'm leaving you down there and I'm walking away again the more often I walked away from it 
the less it was a belief for me. And I've gotten to the point now where my curly hair is a superpower because I have decided that this yeah. is something that even if it was true, it's not something that that could hold me back. But it's not true. It's something that people admire about me all the time. It's And I decided that actually my curly hair is going to be a big part of my success. And since I decided that, like, honestly, things have just opened up for me so much more. So I just know the power in that, like, really putting that little bit of work into finding out what your subconscious beliefs are that are holding you back. There is a section that we have that is all about confidence because Anita and I, when we very, we always talk about this, but when we start first did our program, which is helping people um, attract clients using social media, it was six weeks and it had everything you need, but it wasn't long enough because people couldn't transform in six weeks. They couldn't get their head around. Yeah. So it got to, we had to extend, we basically worked on it and changed it to a 90 day program because a yeah. big piece of it is that kind of confidence thing. And um, we, we like you just said there, we call people out on their BS that they might, we might be on a group program and they say, oh, I can't really do that because of this. And then we go, wait, 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 mm. just listen to yourself there. Does that make sense? And they'll go, mm, yeah. not really. And or yeah. we'll say, does anyone else do that that's got that? Or And then then they have to kind of go, okay, yeah, I see what you mean. And it's it's that it's that kind of working with people to get them to, to get to where they need to be to get the success that they want. Two questions we always ask all of our guests, and one of them is to recommend a book. Um, which our listeners can win if they um, rate and review us, take a screenshot, put it on and tag Anna or I, um, and then we'll draw someone out of a hat and send them your book. So my book is The Confidence Code. <laughs> no surprise there. Um, the Confidence Code, it's by Cathy Kay and Claire Shipman. And I love this book. I recommend it to every single woman I meet. I actually think that it's a must read, especially for um, any woman who is ambitious. Because I think that across the board, no matter what level of success we reach, and that's what they talk about in, in this book, like they've interviewed like the highest of the highest, you know, um, professional levels of women. And across the board, they all struggle with their confidence in one way or another. They all have imposter syndrome. They all have self-doubt. They all worry about what they're wearing. They all worry about what they look like. We have to think as women about what we're going to wear to that thing, whereas a uh, like it's less likely that a guy would would need to think that much really there's like yeah uh, there's less options and kind of they just go with it and it's whatever yeah We're, or we think we have to we, we think, think we have to, to. Yeah, you know and the, and the thing is like what they talk about is you know how that whole thing that we were talking about how women are brought up um as opposed to how men are brought up and how how we're treated and 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 the beliefs the, the completely different beliefs that we're brought up with just because of our gender and you know like there's there what I found interesting as well what they really like I suppose their thesis and what they were trying to figure out with this book was is it that boys and men are actually in their DNA is there like a hormonal thing that makes them more confident than women and what they found is that there is a little bit of that there certainly is like it's it's not just nurture it's a little bit of nature as well but that women, when we decide, when we decide that we're that we're going, when we realize that it's all about confidence, when we decide that we are going to find a way to be confident, um, that that we can really do a lot. And also, like I think what they touch on, and so I kind of get sometimes confused between my own theories and what they've said because they've become such a, a mash in my head. But like you know, they talk about like you know women who um, like basically learn how to be confident and 
it, sometimes it's actually way more powerful to come from a place of not being confident and learn the skill of confidence than it is to be born with confidence. Because yeah. when you learn the skill of confidence, you can always fall back on that skill. Whereas if, if when you're if you're born with confidence or you just have that natural kind of elusive confidence, you can easily lose it along the way. But if you haven't learned the skill, you're not going to be able to get it back. Whereas when yeah. you realize and own that it's a skill and you've learned that skill and you, if you're like me, you've learned it over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. um, and unlearned it and relearned it, then it becomes so ingrained in you that it's it's like that thing that you that you can fall back on when things go wrong, when you lose yourself for a minute, when you lose your confidence in any situation or when you start at the beginning again, which is when you're constantly learning and developing like I am, you know, you're always starting at the beginning with something. But you start that at that beginning, knowing that you can build the skill of confidence as you learn the thing and that it's the most powerful thing that you can do. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, the other question we always ask is what makes you savvy? Um, so what makes me savvy? I have like I, I, I've been thinking about this and uh, over the last few days, I've come up with about 15 answers. That's good. <laughs> and then, um, oh, God, maybe I'm not savvy at all. Overthinking it a bit. <laughs> Overthinking it a bit of a confidence block but I I think what makes me savvy is that I believe and live the message of the law of attraction and I bring it into all of my work um because I actually think that confidence and the law of attraction are exactly the same thing and the process that I have uh, developed and that I teach people is brings brings both of those things together and 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 it's I suppose like when you see when I see the results in people um I, I just know that I'm on to something really really powerful and I cannot wait to bring it to more people and and I think that that's what makes me savvy and I think also like you know the, the biggest decision that I made that changed things for me and actually made me believe that something different about myself and believe that actually oh I, I actually am becoming more savvy and I am actually I do know something about business is that I decided that everything is working out for me. And mm-hmm. that one decision yeah. really changed everything. I, and I decided it at the beginning of the pandemic. So pandemic hit, my business went, and I was pregnant at the time. I was just, I was about three, three or four months pregnant at the time. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to really affect my pregnancy because I'm going to get so stressed out and it's going to have this effect on the baby. And then I was like, no, Lisa, what do you teach everybody who you come in contact with? You get to decide. So I decided everything is always working out for me. And when I decided that, something just switched and um, and everything started to work out for me. <laughs> even, like, even like the lockdown and the things, what, what you did as, a, as like a job before, then probably, mm-hmm. like you said, you already you already knew you wanted to do this work and you hadn't gone and done it and in actual fact the pandemic was like a a nudge for you to actually get get going to do that thing like you know a hundred percent if I had not if the pandemic had not happened I would still be so busy doing my performance Mm -hmm. art school that this would still be an idea in my head where that I knew was kind of my big passion and what I, I I would definitely inevitably end up doing at some point thank you so much for being an awesome guest thank you if really interesting find out more about you um where yeah. should we send them to so my website is actually launching next week um it's 
www.lisafox.ie. Um, but in the meantime, if anybody's looking for me, my Facebook group is Lioness Tribe with Lisa Fox. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Awesome. That was really good. What a lovely lady. I felt um, actually during that it might have been it might have come across as we were like bashing dads and men a little bit but not not at all that's not what we meant but you know we are women it's not even the men's fault because there's a lot of men that like we said in it would want to to do the stuff but they don't get included because it's like yeah you know society sort of says we'll, we'll call the mum first or you know we'll, we'll ask them because it normally like a default thing goes to the, yeah. the mom and then you know men struggle with um if the woman earns more than them, they're seen that they're not providing for their family. So they've got they've got all their own issues, but they need to go and find their own confidence coach to help with that. We're not we're not the yeah. table. And you know the absolutely weirdest thing ever, and it might have been because she was playing with her hair, which is probably what maybe what made me think it was it. great hair. Before she said about um, she didn't think she could make it because she had curly hair. I was thinking to myself. I would love to have hair like that. Like, it's just this, and she proper looks... As you obviously couldn't see her, it was, like, thick and long and dark and glossy and curly and just looked great. Anna and I have both got quite thin hair, haven't we? (laughs) Quite flat. And she's Irish as well, isn't she? She's got, like, these piercing green eyes as well to go go with it. So, um, yeah, so complete like opposite to what we look like but um well I, I do have green eyes but not those sorts of green not those emerald green eyes like she you've has. got the eyes where you're like are you looking at me or somewhere else <laughs> no i have got one i've got my eyes like, one of my eyes is like you know romesh uh, do you know i love him rangit rangit somebody <laughs> yeah. But yeah so one of my eyes god i'm selling myself on this podcast aren't i <laughs> So, like a podcast. <laughs> so one of my eyes sometimes just does its own thing, but I just don't. But I loved, I loved everything she had to say actually, and there is a whole lot of guilt tied up with everything you do for men and women. Um, but she's absolutely bang on when she talks about being a role model to your children. So you know, if you do feel guilty about things, um, then you should think about how what you want for your children, and um, if you want them to have like successful happy careers, be independent, earn their own money, then you've got to get out and do that as well. Because, you know, you can't just do as I say, not as I do. Um, so, yeah, phenomenal. So, um, as ever, please rate and review and subscribe. And if you want to win the book, which is Confidence Code, uh, which I'm going to have a read of, actually. So, if you want to win that, take a screenshot of the um, this episode and tag us on social media and we will pick one of them and send you the book. Um, and so all that's left to say is have a fantastic day and see you next time around. Bye. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.